Hello, it's Chris again. So this is episode 62, our Significant Others episode. Uh, this one has sort of a little bit of a twist, but we like this because you get to meet the other halves of us. So that's that's fun. Uh, speaking of other halves, and speaking of modern day current, uh, Gen Con's been canceled, obviously, and it's gone online, which is great. But we that is Sydney and I, are on our way to Pittsburgh while you're listening to this episode. And we're meeting with some friends from Boston. So Pittsburgh's in the middle. And we're driving nine hours to meet up at an Airbnb in the middle of the forest in Pittsburgh because it's in the center to have our own little mini Gen Con. So there's going to be five of us. And we're just going to play games for like four or five days. Uh, It's a long drive, especially when Sydney's eight months pregnant. But... It, it should still be fun. We'll make lots of stops. It'll be fine. But anyway, um, Significant Others, that's this episode. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 62 of Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games of all types. I'm one of your hosts, Josh. I'm Chris. And I'm Kitty. Today we're talking about significant others of gamers. These are the people that support our hobbies and interests and maybe even share them. How does the other side view us? We'll find out. But first, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Emil Jiljam, George the Hitman Gia and Adam Harrison. (laughs) Thank you, Josh. Um, so, first announcement: I'm back from a cruise and married. Yay! Woo! woo. Exciting. It was yeah. So we accidentally planned a convention. There were 46 of us there <laughs> on day two. Uh, we had a game night, and pretty much everybody was there I for was the there. first half. The second half, there might have been like five or six people that kind of peeled off. Um, we played a 20 person game of witch hunt. It was epic. It yeah. was very. I, I moderated it. There's a lot of things going on in a 20-person game of Witch Hunt. Um, Witch Hunt is just like Werewolf with lots of different roles and specialties. Um, and it's, it's incredible. And if you've played it and love it, go and review it on Board Game Geek because it only had a few reviews. Yeah. Uh, so I did that recently. All right. Yeah. I need to go on there and also review it. Um, Kyle, right? Yes. Kyle Brockman. He yep. is the creator of the game and he play tested it for a couple of years really did his homework you know kind of really saw which roles worked i think he went through 200 roles and he has a really good game there yeah he's doing he's submitting to some game uh design conferences and he wants to make sure that witch hunt is well rated on board game that doesn't need to be well rated well but at least people rating it at all you know to make it um has to be represented represent. on board game geek. Exactly. So if you've played it or you check it out and you think this might be great, give it a rating. Throw it that way. It it's really a great game. Um, let's see. Also, thank you to everyone who emailed. Congratulations. Um, there's there were a ton of them, and I'm we're Sydney and I are both very humbled and grateful that you said congratulations and went out of your way to do that. So thank you. Uh, let's. Giveaway. I'm still giving away a bunch of stuff. I'm in the. I'm actively moving, getting married, planning receptions, and all the all these different things. Um, but I have a box of games ready to be sent out. If you want a box of games, and I'm talking like a medium size Home Depot moving box of games, um, you're going to have to email me 
at tabletopgametalk at gmail.com with the subject of whatever month we are in. This is October. October. <laughs> October it's our October giveaway. giveaway. It's been a long month. <laughs> And you will be entered. Um, we're going to pick a winner on November 3rd, which is the Friday, and then we'll announce it on the next podcast after that. Make sure you include your name in your email. Yes, include your name. Um, if your email address is I'm super cool at yahoo.com, then A, you need to get rid of yahoo.com to be super cool. Um, I just offended somebody, I'm sure. And B, <laughs> I need to know that your name is actually John Smith um, or Michael Knight or um, the, whatever other made up names people send to me from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> um, GameholeCon is just around the corner. We were just talking about travel plans. It is November 2nd. Third, fourth. I'm making Kitty go to the calendar again. We just did this last <laughs> week, so um, <laughs> we will be there. Um, yes, the second through the fifth. All right, uh, we will be there. I will be there Thursday night. Actually, Kitty and I will both be there Thursday night. Yeah, and we will be there Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then we're coming back on Sunday. Um, Sydney will be joining us on Friday night. And Gloria may join us as well. Yeah, that would be crazy. So you, Josh, can't make it, but. Maybe we'll have Gloria come in. I don't think she's ever been to a gaming convention, so I think she'd actually have some fun. Yeah. I hear that this is a different kind of feel from the other gaming conventions we've gone to so far. Yeah, it's not crazy mega convention. Yeah. Um, But it is going to be... It'll be busy enough where it'll seem like a pretty cool convention. So I'm looking forward to it. I am too. Yep. Now, I was on a ship without internet for the last seven days, but I still managed to back two Kickstarters. Amazing. I know. <laughs> I blame our listeners. I kind of do as well. I started doing going through the email and making show notes today, and then I started clicking on different things, and then there's like two games. I'm like, all right, I got to get this. So the first one is called Carnival of Monsters. This is a game designed by Richard Garfield, who designed Magic the Gathering. He's done a bunch of other games, but Magic the Gathering is the one he's probably best known for. Um, and this is sort of an homage to him in that uh, there's a ton of like – good like famous artists that are doing all the art for this it is part of the dice towers essentials line so like tom vassal i watched his video on this and he's like super psyched for it it's a drafting kind of set collecting game they have a goal of 261,292 i'm not exactly <laughs> sure I, i'm certain probably some I'm, sort of in joke in that i'm imagining i'm i'm hoping i'm really i'm I think maybe they put equations in there and then they just came up with an exact number and said, all right, that's how much we want, which is still a ridiculous <laughs> amount of money for a card game. Uh, so I, my, my gut tells me also to pay the artists because these are like, like top notch magic artists and other uh, things like that, that art is expensive. There are about 25 days to go. So a little over three weeks with so plenty of time for them to meet their goal. They're not quite there yet. Um, it's a two to five player card drafting set collection game. It, the deluxe version comes in around 77 bucks and that includes like metal coins. And then the standard version is like 53. It's all in UK money. So I had to can, well, the Kickstarter converts it. So it's more expensive for Josh. Cause I think it's like, no, it's actually less expensive because it's less pounds. Yeah. It's the same amount. Basically conversion. I was listening to a podcast today on unit conversion and the hassles it is to be not metric in the U S the only thing I could think of is shipping. If it's shipping from the UK. 
It'd probably be cheaper yeah. there. Well, a lot of times what they, yeah, it won't be. A lot of times what they'll do is, <laughs> um, actually, this is an interesting little side bit. Um, Kickstarter, what they'll do so they can be like European friendly shipping is they will ship crates to Europe and then have everything just actually ship out from there as opposed to having everything shipped from China to the US and then from the US and drop shipping to all the different locations. Huh. So that's how they kind of get these region things. So the more regions they can get a crate to, the more they can have cheap shipping to those regions. Makes sense. So it, it, I think the shipping on it was like $12, but that's typical for these kind of games. The other one I backed is an expansion called for to Too Many Bones, which is the dice game and lots of dice and neoprene mats. So and many dice. So many dice. Um, it's a standalone expansion. So you can get just this and play. Um, and I think the standalone is like $68. Um, or you can get the deluxe version, which is the expansion, um, some updated uh, player mats, um, another character, a uh, few more dice. That's $100. And if you want everything in the Too Many Bones line, it's like $290. Plus, there's some add-ons. So you can add a campaign uh, for $25. You can add like an additional sets of encounters for another $25. So if you're into Too Many Bones or you missed the first one, or if you just want to spend a lot of money on dice, <laughs> this is the one for you. Um, this one has about two weeks left. They had a goal of $50,000 and they are over half a million right now. So, um, they're doing pretty good or maybe they're just up almost to a half a million. So that is my Kickstarter stuff. Um, I, you guys have anything? I never give you guys a chance to give announcements anymore. Cause you just look at me blankly and said, we don't have anything. Uh, I went on a cruise with you and played some games. That oh, was cool. How was that? It was, it was all right. Yeah. No, of course it was amazing. <laughs> No, I, I, people keep asking me, it's like, how was the cruise? I'm like, it could not have gone, have, it could not gone better. <laughs> it could not have gone better if I knew vocabulary. I yes. was going to say that that <laughs> sentence did not go nearly as well. It did not. Um, when we first started talking about getting married, Sydney wanted to do a convention because she's convention baby and we like conventions. And I'm like, I don't know. It seems like a lot of work to do a convention and we don't want to be planning and running our own wedding. So I'm like, let's just get married on a cruise ship where they'll do everything for us. And what we realized is we planned a convention. And there was like so many of us and there's like all the different things you could do at a convention and all the different sidetracks. And at various times you were like, we were joking that you two were like the uh, teachers on a, on a school trip and you had all the itinerary and you would go around to every table and tell everyone, okay, we're going to be playing this game here. We're going to be doing this on this day. Uh, I didn't envy you on those moments, uh, but you still look like you had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. It was, we had a coach bus to get everyone to the ship and back to the airport, which is probably the best thing we did because at least then I had everyone's attention just before we got on the ship and just before we got back to the airport. I'm like, okay, here's all the things you need to know. But I, it, like I say, it was, it was phenomenal. All right, Josh. Indeed. Well, let's get some feedback about past episodes. And if you have feedback about this or any of our previous episodes, email us or go to our Board Game Geek forums, easily found at tabletopgametalk.com slash BGG. Disclaimer, all of this comes from emails. I, I'm i going to use the cruise for an excuse for a little bit longer in this episode. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to check out the thread. So I'm sure there's lots of cool feedback on the thread. Also, I think most people will see that I didn't have any input into this episode again on a cruise uh, but for the next episode we'll have a feedback thread back up there so from steven sites on fiddly bits hey guys really enjoyed the episode i'm a little behind so some of the things i do to make setup easier is if there are player colors i store 
each of the players' colors and bits in the same bag together. All the meeple, cubes, discs, cards, etc. That way, each player picks the bag their color that they are. Walmart has snack-sized bags that are tall and not wide, so I use those instead of short bags in a game to allow every component to be stored separately. Things that I don't like that games do are player boards that aren't recessed. For example, Terraforming Mars. The cubes can easily move, so if the table is bumped, it could ruin the whole game. Just my thoughts on this. Keep up the great work, guys. Uh, Yeah, I have to agree with Stephen completely. Um, everything's in bags. I actually go one step further and just order mine from Amazon. Actually, there's links somewhere. And this episode, I have a feeling is going to be um, rushed out since it is being recorded late. <laughs> so I might not get the links in the show notes, but I'll try because um, I have some really cool three by five, three by four and four by five, four mil bags that are nice and solid and just are perfect for games. All right. So we have some feedback from Steve, not Steven on filler games. For me, there is definitely a relationship between how long a game takes and how much enjoyment I get out of it. Longer games allow you to really develop your strategy, see if you can stick with it, even when things go wrong, adapting your strategies as you progress. In episode four, Chris even talks about how he prefers longer games for that exact reason. So for us, more time allows for more fun. But my wife feels that a longer game, the less fun. Um, and the more work it feels like. 45 minutes is the maximum they want to spend on any one game. So there is definitely a relationship between how long a game takes and how fun it is, but based on what you enjoy. That also makes it harder to define filler games, because for me, 45 minutes is a short game, and for my wife, it's the longest any game should take. Yeah, I agree. And bringing games on the on the boat, I brought like what I would consider filler games, but really they were just like, we played Love Letter, had a blast. And that game doesn't take more than maybe 20 minutes total to, you know, play through all the rounds. Um, but everyone thought it was just like a, a fantastic game. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I still like my longer games. No, I agree. There's a time and a place for both, I think. So from Jeremy Fisher on filler games. Personally, I tend to prefer long games. I grew up in ROM playing video games, both tabletop and video games. So longer games feel normal to me. I would happily play for several hours. Most of the games I own tend to fall into the 45 minute to two hour range. However, most of the games I've kickstarted this year fall into one to to four hour range. I'm not opposed to shorter games. I just prefer to get into games that allow me to develop and execute a long-term strategy. Yeah. I think we've been kind of in the habit of playing shorter games that play multiple times to create longer games, like time stories. Yeah. You know, or Gloomhaven or, you know, any of these like campaign games, even Pandemic, you know, it's like a 45 minute thing. Yeah. But when you play Legacy, it becomes a 10 you hour thing. You want to play at least two in a row because right. you're totally sucked into the story at that point. It's kind of like that sort of Netflix effect where like I wouldn't sit down and watch a two to three hour movie these days. Not as much as I used to. But like I will like binge watch like six hours of a series because it's like, oh, it's only another 30 to 45 minutes. And I can just do that like again and again and again and again because i'm like oh it's only another 30 to 45 minutes it's great yeah so it's kind of my our way of like getting in those longer games but in like shorter chunks but still consecutive shorter chunks yeah it makes it easier to get up and go to the bathroom yeah and pause and break whenever you want so you don't feel 
you can almost feel trapped in a longer game. Yeah. If you know this game's going to take four hours, you can get frustrated very early on and just be like, when is this ever going to end? And that's that's all you care about. Yeah. With a shorter game that you're going to play consecutive, at any given point, it's like, oh, there's only another 20 minutes left and then we can end there seamlessly. I wonder if that's also um, like a cooperative versus uh, competitive game thing. Because Mm -hmm. when you're competitive, you're... Like, if you feel like you're losing and you're going to lose after the first hour and you still have three hours to go, you're like, why am I still in this? I'm losing. But if it's cooperative, you always have, you're always working together to have a chance. You always feel like you're still in the game. Your input is still valuable. Yeah, that's that is true. I We're going Just back to co-op. Total moment there. <laughs> <sighs> All right. This next one's kind of long um, from Jason Marks on Filler Games. In response to your question regarding filler games, I do not believe calling a game a filler game is in any way derogatory. In my opinion, a filler game should be good enough that it could be a main game for a game night, but its duration means that if it were, you would be playing repeatedly, which a lot of players don't want to do. I have to admit that playing the same game five times in a row can be repetitive and even for the best games. So that's just counter to everything we just said, but not really. Not really, because... We don't play things five things in a row. No. I think two to three times in a row is the max I could do. Yep. But I do agree here with Jason that, you know, if if a filler game isn't good enough where you want to play it two or three times in a row, you probably want to find a different game to fill that niche because mm-hmm. it should be fun. It shouldn't just be something like, all right, whatever, I'll play it. Um, he goes on. When we play filler games, it is usually for one of two reasons. One, to fill some time while we wait for people to show up. If we have people running late, we don't want to start a two-hour game, so we'll do a 20 to 30-minute filler, and that's perfect. Which I think that's where the term comes from. Yeah. Let's, like, they could actually be, like, killing time games, but no, actually, we decided all games are killing time games. But um, Or two, getting me off that. Uh, to decompress after a tense game my group tends to like fairly in-depth games and sometimes you need to just let your brain relax a little after participating in these tense games this one i think we didn't really talk about all that much for this this is where it doesn't feel like a filler it feels like a different thing but it's the same kind of game you would go to so i see where he drew that connection but i like that i like ending the night with something that's a little bit light light but fun you know, it's like, oh, we're not ready to quit just yet, but let's play this other game. It's only going to take 45 minutes. And then we'll be like, ah, we got multiple games in and we we feel good about game day and game night. So I, I like that. I like that quite a bit. All right. I like you casually scrolling past the part where he mentions Cards Against Humanity. Um, I may sometimes <laughs> edit in real time. Um, wait, did he These are good he ways. Does. Incidentally, this is a category where apples to apples and Cards Against Humanity usually fall since they can sort of turn your brain off to play them and turn off so many other things like my heart. <laughs> These aren't my favorite games, but they work well to let people relax a little bit. For me, I've never found that Cards Against Humanity and Apples to Apples, those type of games, are the capstones. They're sort of the end of wanting to game ever. <laughs> <laughs> you really hate it. I'm just saying, once you've played it, it's like, I don't want to do anything else. I'm done. I'm done. But I don't know. Maybe. Oh, goodness. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, let's see. All right. We have, we're have we going to have a fairly long on topic. So why don't we... Do that whole segue thing, and I'm going to press this button, and we're going to do this.
In this episode, we're talking about significant others of gamers. From those that came with us to those of varied gaming tastes and even the ones that rarely play games at all. What does the other side think about our hobby? The significant others are taking over. I'm Sydney, Chris's brand new wife. And I'm Spencer, Kitty's husband. And I'm Gloria, and I don't live by definitions, but I do like Josh a lot. <laughs> so we are currently on the wedding cruise. Super Woo-woo! excited to be here. The Oasis of the Seas. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Got a shout out to Royal Caribbean. They uh, pl- let us plan a game night on day two of the cruise. Woo-woo! That was a lot of fun. It we, was. We ended up starting with a tournament of Love Letter. And for those of you that don't know, Love Letter has a specific wedding edition. And the wedding edition is so specific that you have to send them and email them an invite to a wedding to prove that you're either going to one or having one to even be able to order it. So so do they then show up at the that. wedding? Because yeah. they've been invited to that point? <laughs> I wish that would have been awesome. That would have been cool. But yeah, so we started off with a tournament of love letter and then we had brackets and it went really well. It was a lot of fun. And then we ended up with a game of witch hunt because Josh and I are here. So, <laughs> of course. It was and a big Josh game. There were a lot of people evil. in that circle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Josh ended up being evil and then evil won. And then that happened. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> love letter. I really enjoyed. I thought it was a lot of fun. Cool. It was really quick and easy to pick up. Mm. Really engaging. Sort of, you know, the strategy is simple enough that everyone mm-hmm. feels like they I can participate. I was so surprised. Everyone loved it. And yeah. there were so, like, we have family here. We have friends here, different ages, generations, backgrounds in gaming. And everyone played. I actually didn't play that night. <laughs> That's what I was feeling—a little motion sickness. Oh, so it no. was like kind of behind everyone. Uh-huh. And I can't—I can't remember what my timeline was like. But the first two nights were kind of rough because I had motion sickness <laughs> pretty oh, easily. Yeah. Are you feeling all right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right. the good. ship is a moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took Dramamine. I discovered that they have a bucket of Dramamine downstairs. <laughs> a bucket. They yes. serve Dramamine it's by the bucket. Yeah. Like I wow. literally took a handful of Dramamine because <laughs> there's like no one to stop you from. Taking as much as you want. That's fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, and so we spent the rest of the cruise getting some gaming in here or there. Last night, some of us played uh, um, Avalon, and that was fantastic. It was mm. another social deduction game that ended up fitting a lot of people, and that was a lot of fun. But Evil won again. It's been an evil trip. It has, it has been, been quite, you know? mm-hmm. quite the evil voyage. Because then we also m- met some friends in there playing Tragedy Looper, and Evil won, or the Mastermind won that one too, so it was a lot, mm. a lot of evil on this trip. We had um, an offshoot too. We played, I think it was called Bang Bang. Bang, Bang the Dice Game. Ba- yeah. yeah, 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 and Evil won in that one. As ah. well. <laughs> and then we had the, the Battlestar. And Battlestar. We had the Battlestar Evil game won in that evil one. Won in that oh one. my god, we're I such think, an evil I was very proud of, of that. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was the only evil at yeah, you got both Cylon cards, yeah. and then you ended up keeping us in suspense by not like coming out on the turn that we like all realized you were a Cylon. Mm-hmm. So when it went around a whole turn, we were like, well, we can't do anything good because any of us might become the Cylon on Spencer's next turn. Yeah, so for, for those who maybe haven't played the game, it's even if everybody figures out that you're evil, mm-hmm. right? You're not mechanically the Cylon, according to the rules, until you choose to reveal. So... Even though everybody figured it out, I just stayed there and kept pretending to be human. So I was locked up in prison. Uh, in but the I, brig. Yeah, but because of the way the cards played out, uh, everyone didn't trust each other because I was going to be able to turn somebody else into a Cylon. Uh-huh. So everyone just sort of 
divided up their powers from one another so that there wouldn't be someone I could take. And it mm-hmm. was it was a weird and cool game. And then you ended up picking. Wait, this is the Battlestar Galactica game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I've never played this one. And then it's you, fun. yeah, you ended up picking. Was it the admiral or the president? The president. You ended up picking the president, and she was so ready. She yeah. like she had played her turn preparing. Yeah. For you to pick there were her. people at the table openly saying, "Boy, I sure wish I was a Cylon <laughs> looking at me because the numbers weren't adding up." Yeah. No loyalty from the humans. <laughs> And we we actually we had a Cylon leader with us, and so she was really helping the human side at the beginning because that's the the goal she had would benefit her to win with the humans. And then like the Cylons ended up getting a huge lead, and she like abandoned us for you yeah, guys. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting uh, kind of role. What was the name of that expansion we were playing? I do not know the name, yeah. but I'm I'm sure that. Uh, Chris and Kitty and Josh can come up with it at some point. I'm sure that they will. But it was it was cool. I really liked it. Yeah. yeah. So I got a question for you guys. What types of games do we play with our significant others one on one? Um, I would say, well, jo- I like word games a lot. Uh-huh. Like I am a type of person like I don't like the the strat like the strategy games mm-hmm. like even with like video games like growing up like sure. I hated Zelda and I'm like there's no point in this game this takes so much work I've and literally I'm, like, never met anyone else who hated Zelda yeah it's, it's I think it's so dumb like give me Sonic the Hedgehog ah, I liked, Mega Man yeah and I really liked the the Michael Jackson game the Moonwalker oh, because it's like gosh. you're going through levels it's like very straightforward mm-hmm. you jump you fly yeah. you say the children of the world everything and I feel like th- there are a lot of board games like Risk or something mm-hmm. that are like very strategy heavy and sure. I like strategy but not that kind and I sure. don't know yeah. how to I articulate that <laughs> so Josh likes those kinds of games and I like word games which nice. is very different so I really don't like playing those games with him he really doesn't like playing games with me <laughs> so funny. because it's like you know like I'm really good at word games oh, so yeah. I'll win and uh-huh. like I don't have the patience to learn the rules, so I like half-heartedly play those. Well, now I feel like it's got to be like a podcast goal to find a game that you two can play together. Yes, there's there's got to be a little bit of overlap in those two circles. There, there must be. There must be. I don't know what that is. All right, we will keep you (laughs) listeners posted. Absolutely. So I'm a huge fan of really, really big strategy games, and Chris, thankfully, is as well. And so for a while, Homeworlds was our go-to. We would like Mm -hmm. go to restaurants and bring it with us and like our goal would be for someone at the restaurant to ask us what Mm. the hell we were playing and so we ended up bringing it so many places that we played it all the time and Mm. that's a super fun one for him and I but then also when we're at home and have the the space on our table we'll we'll throw down the uh, Star Wars game the there's actually both of them both the living card game Mm -hmm. and the actual like really big one that's just two player and so we do a lot of like one on one games Mm. Mm. yeah uh, Kitty and I do a lot of card games. Cool. Um, different types. You know, we like rummy uh, when we can find another couple to play with us mm-hmm. and we'll play some of the trick taking games that I really like. Cool. Um, and a lot of like classic and small games too. Mm-hmm. There's a, a game Kitty picked up at a convention recently. Tournament to Camelot. Well, that, uh, I was, <laughs> that wasn't thinking of that one, but that one too. Uh, we also she also picked up Odin's Ravens. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. It's simple. Mm-hmm. It's but it's quick and mm-hmm. it's fun. And it's got a little bit of strategy to it. And, and cool. you just play with like with a regular deck of cards, or is that a special? Deck? That's a that's a special thing. Oh, okay. So both of that both of those tournament catalog mm-hmm. tournament at Ca- Camelot 
uh, mm-hmm. has its own deck. And Odin's Ravens isn't even a card game. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no, I guess it is a card game. Those are cards that you They're put like down. They're like domino kind of like things. Yeah. Where one side is one land and the other side is another. So you have, um, I guess uh, to go into that one, the, you, 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 it is cards and mm-hmm. you, you lay them out and form like a pattern. Each, mm-hmm. each deck is like a landscape. Mm-hmm. And uh, one plays the black raven, one plays the white raven. You start mm-hmm. at opposite sides. Mm-hmm. And the winner is the first one to get all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, so you draw to play to be able to cross through different landscapes. Mm-hmm. And you can play sort of like trickster cards from Loki that mm-hmm. mess with the board. Uh, it's fun. It's cool. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I like, um, I think like with, when it comes to games, like both me and Josh, like, I, I think, you know, with Chris, for example, when uh-huh. he's explaining the game, like he's already read the instructions mm-hmm. and he loves to, tell people yes. what, like what the loopholes are or mm-hmm. like basically we're some doing strategy this. Yeah, yeah 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 and i really like that and that that's why i do love play, like playing with chris because <laughs> i'm just like i don't have to read the instructions because i mm-hmm. hate it like i just don't have patience <laughs> for it but like chris is my instruction book uh-huh. and sometimes i could just be like okay well you know i have these two questions these are my big two questions and mm-hmm. you can tell that to me right away yeah but with josh we're in the same way like neither of us really like reading instructions mm-hmm. and so it's just kind of like it's more laborious to like start a game sure. because it's just like oh we have to read the instructions and like then we don't know something and then <laughs> uh-huh. we have to like keep look the instruction it booklet out and it's just like i that's why like i wouldn't i would rather play a, a first time game with chris where mm-hmm. rather than josh because me and josh are like same in that way because uh-huh. it's just like oh <laughs> yeah, I found especially with the really complicated games, Chris mm-hmm. is a great guy to introduce the game to you. And Absolutely, it, yeah. Right? yeah, and that's yeah, a fun yeah. part for him. He super enjoys reading rule books, yeah. and so it's a fantastic compliment to any game group. The person who loves going in, learning how to play, and then teaching it to others is like a side effect of learning how to play. Uh-huh. I'm so glad people like that exist. I would not want to be tasked with being the instructor. Mm-hmm. Thank God for Chris. Yeah, yeah. thank God for Chris. <laughs> I actually have a question for you two. Mm-hmm. So Chris and I met playing games. Like mm-hmm. we met at a board game party. Mm-hmm. So how did you guys learn that like uh, Spencer in your case, Kitty and Josh mm-hmm. loved games? Did you like, did you guys learn that over the course of being together or was it something that you had to introduce to each other or they introduced to you? How did you figure that out? Yeah, for me, I think that's, that's kind of interesting because I was always, when Kitty and I first met, like the more nerdy gamer oh. type. Uh, and I kind of moved away from that a bit. Um, I think primarily when I was in the Navy, just because mm. I didn't really have an opportunity to do it very much. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kitty and I had known each other all this time. And once we started dating and got to know each other really well, mm-hmm. uh, I always thought of her as more, more normie, more mainstream <laughs> than I was. And as I got close, it's like, oh, like that's why you like me. Like you're secretly like really nerdy. <laughs> uh, and uh, sh- so she's sort of explored that sort of hobby more and more over the years. So we kind of like flipped roles in that respect. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think like with um, Josh, the first time we played a game, it was not really a board game. It was one of those kind of like whodunit role playing sort of things. Um, And he was like, um, he picked this. I think it was for his birthday. This was when we were living in Thailand. Mm -hmm. And so we had like a big group of people. No, this is how we celebrated Christmas. That's what it was. Mm. And um, so we got like all the Westerners in town. There were like 15 of us. (laughs) And so we each had like a role. Like somebody was, you know, like the kind of like the debonair sort of dude. And then there was like the old cat lady. And so everyone (laughs) kind of had 
um, a role, and then we had to figure out like who the murderer was. A and murder we had to, mystery. Like, play, yeah, we had to like mm. play that person, and he he got it offline somewhere. He paid like twenty five bucks, nice. and then everything was kind of like fed to you. Uh-huh. And so that was probably the first thing and I had never done that either mm-hmm. and I'm like oh this is kind of fun like and everyone was really into it in our group cool. everyone like dressed up the part and like you know adopted the accents and everything so that was really cool and we didn't really have any board games in Thailand because mm-hmm. we were there for like the first year of our relationship um but so we played a lot of card games like cool. party games mm-hmm. and we were always just like yeah like let's play Tourette's or yeah let's play I don't like poker but I played poker <laughs> and I still do not know like for the life of me I can't remember how to play poker I don't know the rules so somebody has to like give me a rule sheet but I'll, I'll win uh-huh. and so people you'll like put like, the hand me. down and go like did I win yeah, yeah. and everyone's yeah. like oh man and I'm like cool I'm <laughs> that's fantastic yeah, so don't play poker with me <laughs> it's annoying <laughs> yeah well well what well um so your favorite type of game, Spencer, Yo, me. seems to be trick-taking games. You're, you play spades all the time. What draws you to them? Well, so first, I really, I, I mean, I guess if you had to say that I had a favorite type of game, it'd be a trick-taking game, but I don't really, I don't do favorites very well. Oh. Um, I have a favorite city in my favorite country, and my wife's my favorite person. Oh. And I think that's about as far as my favorites go. Nice. Uh, but... Yeah, I would suppose, yeah, I mean, I do really enjoy trick-taking games. Mm-hmm. Typically, if a game involves taking tricks, then I will like that. So, Quick sure. question. Let's backpedal a bit. I okay. still don't understand what a trick-taking game is. Okay. <laughs> you said something like hearts and spades, and I don't know what that is. All right. So I think, um, didn't we actually do a podcast episode about this? You were on it. All right, yeah. So that's why I remember. Uh, but in, in quick summary, so have you played War before? Yes. Right. So in War... You play a card. The other person plays a card. Uh-huh. The stronger card takes the cards. Okay. That's a trick. I like that. All right. Like there you war. go. Uh, so I don't really play war very often, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of other games that are mm-hmm. like this where typically there's four people mm-hmm. playing. Uh, everybody puts a card down. You take the trick and then you score it up some point and the person with the most points or um, in the case of hearts, the least points wins. Okay. And that's always with a deck of cards. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. And some of them actually take out cards and are played with only some of the maybe like face cards or like mm-hmm. different cards of a set of cards. Yeah. Okay. And then there's games like Tournament of Candlelot, which you brought up earlier, which mm-hmm. has its own like proprietary deck, mm-hmm. but it's still very similar to mm-hmm. a traditional poker deck. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But what was the original question? What yeah, I know. Me? Sorry. Oh, so like <laughs> you me. like trick taking games. So uh-huh. like what what would a favorite game outside of trick taking games be? But favorite being mm. whatever you think, like what kind of games outside trick taking games? Games do you like? outside of trick taking. Well, I really like Battlestar Galactica. Right. Nice. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I like strategy games. I've got sort of a nostalgic attachment to risk still. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I, long does that generally take? Because I know it takes a while. Yeah, it kind of depends who you're playing with, but uh-huh. it's a, it could be a good four hour game. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah it's Not a Gloria game. <laughs> no. Uh, but I really, like, I really like Settlers. And I know that, like, Catan people, especially uh, some people in the gaming community, be like, oh, Settlers, it's overdone. It's so mm-hmm. mainstream. But I love it. It's an oldie and a goodie. And it was mm-hmm. really, I think, one of the first Euro style games I ever played. Mm-hmm. Nice. And uh, yeah, I still just really enjoy it. Cool. Mm-hmm. So. What, hmm, what are some of our favorite games that are different from our spouses or favorite people's favorite <laughs> games? <laughs> 
Well, I actually, Chris and I had a conversation last night after we played Avalon. He will play that game because our group of friends loves that game. Mm-hmm. But it is not one of his favorites. He's actually mm-hmm. he's not a fan of that game, but mm-hmm. he'll still play it because we love it. And I love that game. It is one of my favorites, yeah. and I will play it with anyone at any time. Mm-hmm. But he's less of a fan of the accusatory, and even though Werewolf was like a way that he made a ton of friends at gaming conventions because mm-hmm. there's Werewolf played at night, he's less of a fan of the accusing and like trying to figure out who's a bad guy and like that kind of thing. It's been mm-hmm. something that's he's grown away from, and I've kind of grown towards. Mm. Okay, I have a, I have a question with um with like the types of games. So I know that in the past we played there was that Star Trek game, and it wasn't Star Trek Catan. And but you had to collect a bunch of different things, so there are all these cards, mm-hmm. and it's your game. Do you know what it is? <laughs> I don't remember it by that description. Okay, because um, I can't for the life of me remember. <laughs> but I find like with Josh and I, that's we both really enjoyed that sort of game. Mm-hmm. But also, we tend to play these new games when we're around you and Chris mm-hmm. and Kitty, mm-hmm. and um. The thing is with Chris is that he plays a game like once. He's like, all right, let's do the next one. And like, I'm the type of person where it's just like, I need somebody to kind of get me into the to game sort of thing. And I like to play games over and over and over again until like I find my strategy sort of thing. And Chris is so like quick to do it. And so I've played lots of games that I like with Chris <laughs> and with Josh, but I can't remember the name. Yeah. <laughs> um. I've actually got uh, a game Kitty's really into. Her whole family really they like to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the name of the game? Uh, I think it's Racing Demons. Oh, it's a card game. Um, so again, it's something you play with a traditional poker deck. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a dexterity game. Mm-hmm. So you would play like I think Egyptian Rat Screw or yeah. games like that. So there's a a family of card games mm-hmm. where uh, at some point you have to sort of react quickly to mm-hmm. grab something. Mm-hmm. So instead of everybody sort of take their turn and doing something, there might be a little bit of that. Okay. Uh, but there's some like racing and grabbing of different things and reacting to what other people do okay. in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't like playing those games at all. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's that's like the game that Kitty's family plays. So that's Kitty's so interesting. And, I, l- yeah. I would like to find more of those games because it's like, I, I Talk don't... Talk Kitty. Yeah I, yeah. I didn't know that she was into that because that's kind of like, you know, the slap track game with the yeah. cards. I really yeah. like that and I get mm-hmm. like really into it. My hand's always super red at the end of the game because I'm like, that's mine. <laughs> um, and then I liked... Um, Tourette's as well as you play with like a regular card game mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of a word game but not really um but you have to scream out the word that's associated with the card sure and like that's something i could really get into because it's like a competition with myself like i have to say it faster um like not only against the other person i'm playing with but like my former me i have to outdo <laughs> my former me so i get like really competitive with myself and the other that's an awesome mindset yes (laughs) you should definitely come to my in-laws house so you can take (laughs) my place at the table and i'll go watch football perfect (laughs) i'm gonna be like kitty i'm coming Uh, to your family reunion (laughs) (laughs) but she'll love that so we've played a ton more games or i have played at least a ton more games Mm -hmm. with chris since he started the podcast Mm -hmm. so he was addicted to kickstarter way before the podcast but have you guys (laughs) felt an uptick in playing of games since both kitty and josh started the podcast um, I think, well, I just moved to Chicago about a year ago, which is roughly... About the same time. Yeah, <laughs> so just like a few months before Chris started. But yeah, I guess just because I spend a lot more time with Chris now, I've definitely sure. felt the uptick in games. But I feel like 10 years ago, he didn't 
play this many games or at least not with me. So I would say yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Same thing on my side. Definitely. Sure. Um, you know, being on the podcast and also just like living in the same building as you guys. Yeah. It's just so easy to pick up a game. Absolutely. And you have so many yeah. games. Oh, yes. I'm so, <laughs> so excited. <many> <laughs> when we get back from this cruise, we just moved into the new house, and all of the boxes in the game room are just waiting to be moved into the library shelves, but there's only so much space. Yeah. And so once he gets all the games into the library shelves, what's ever left is just going to have to find another home. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to have to start doing the bought a game have to pick which game it's replacing or we'll have to play it before it even hits the shelf to decide if we're keeping it mm-hmm. <laughs> you haven't been married very long have you? <laughs> i know there'll be like hidden shelves in the basement yeah, that i'm gonna like come across at some point yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well so does he because he had to get rid of a bunch of games before you guys moved yeah, even before yeah he got a ton rid of a ton of games at gen con mm-hmm. by giving away to the people that came to the live show and then we still having to pack them all like he would just just pack 11 boxes in a night we were just hanging out and just putting games into a box and it wouldn't even look like he made a dent and yeah. the next couple of days just a couple of boxes every night <laughs> yeah i remember when like you're moving box labels oh my gosh it was just like kitchen like dishes clothes games 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 clothes <laughs> yeah the movers actually asked if we were a store because they were moving <laughs> all of these boxes store. named games <laughs> All right. Well, I've got a question for you. So I guess um, uh, I hope he gets from this part. Okay. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so yeah, Chris has a lot of games. So I guess like, how do you feel about uh, his Kickstarter and just about like him buying uh, a lot of games all the time? Because even when we moved to when you guys moved uh-huh. and we went to that store, it wasn't like should we buy a game? But Chris was like, oh, let's get this one and this one. And oh, yeah. It's like he's picking out like flavors of ice cream. <laughs> that is a fantastic way to put it and he <laughs> loves ice cream. <laughs> but yeah, it's actually kind of cool because getting new games is something that like I like doing, but I'm not the best at picking out games that I like. I'm great at picking out games and playing them and then deciding they're not my favorite but keeping them anyway. Mm. And so the volume of games we have to play is great for my learning what I like and don't like and getting a a bigger shot in the dark at games I do like, mm-hmm. but it's also taking over a lot of our space. Mm-hmm. And so I give him a lot of crap about buying so many games and but he has an Excel spreadsheet of all of his Kickstarter games Ooh. and that that helps me like know he has it a little bit under control like he's not just throwing it out there let's buy a game hmm, so he's my, like an uh, organized yeah he's an organized <laughs> addict yeah my accountant wife is upset about this what's gonna calm her down a spreadsheet yeah. yes <laughs> oh no he knows me so well he does <laughs> I'm very glad that people like this ex- like exist in life because I'm so not that person. Like, when I have to make a spreadsheet, it's like pulling teeth. It's like, oh, now I have to label everything. So I just... like really love spreadsheets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Like at work and in my personal life, I just I have a thing to organize. I'm like, oh, man, I get to make a spreadsheet. And I will spend insane. hours just playing around with formatting oh, yeah. and uh, magic cells that do all the That's things insane. and I go oh I just to change this and I can see all these things now <laughs> macros when like you do something on the on the spreadsheet and like something else happens and then something else happens it's one of my favorites I like cool. those yeah. yeah I have no idea even what you're talking about I have not gotten that far I've been thinking about building like a spreadsheet for myself just to like organize my life admin <laughs> I've been thinking about it for like five months I'm like I should really do this we should start a spreadsheets <laughs> podcast yes <laughs> we're 
we only talk about <laughs> yeah. spreadsheets. Spencer can talk about um, spreadsheets today. Spreadsheet love. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this is a gaming podcast. Yeah. So let's get back to that. <laughs> let's get away from spreadsheets. Um, so, Gloria, uh, you're probably the least gamer of us all. I would. Would do you think that's fair to say? Yes, I okay. would definitely say that. Uh, and you've also known Chris the longest of all of us. So what do you think of this hobby as someone who's kind of on the outside? Mm -hmm. And are you surprised at Chris starting this podcast and all this going on? Um, well, I think, yeah, I guess like his, like what something that I've noticed about Chris over time is like when he gets into something, he really gets into it. Like he, he has like a one track mind when that happens. So I would say like, yeah, I guess like 10 years ago, I wouldn't say, oh, Chris loves board gaming, <laughs> but it's something that I've seen kind of gradually increase. Um, so, and I could tell that he's really, really into it. So when he was like, I'm going to start a podcast, I'm like, oh, of course he would. Like, you have an insane <laughs> amount of games. You have a room for games. Mm -hmm. You're a little bit psycho, but if that makes you happy, I'm very glad you're making podcast. <laughs> but I think, I mean, podcast is cool because it's like there are all these kind of behind the scene things that you don't think about, mm -hmm. you know, just like editing and like the, oh, the yeah. kind of equipment and you have to think about the sound and like acoustics and everything. Like mm -hmm. that's something that that's like interesting to me. Right. So I'm like, oh, that's really cool. So I, it would be really great if I want to start a podcast somewhere down the line. I don't have to look it up. I could just go to Chris. Chris and oh yeah he could give me all the instructions it's actually funny that you mentioned that because like for his kickstarter addiction i actually i benefit a lot from the games that come in mm -hmm. i was more surprised and we, we had a, a serious conversation about the equipment he was gonna buy for the podcast uh -huh. because like his amount of serious about doing it was really high but he was also ready to dive straight in by first buying hundreds of dollars of microphones and mm -hmm. like sound equipment and that's where I was like so this thing you want to do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I but, hope you're really committed yes. because this is a lot of money to spend on a hobby so I actually well. I met Chris's mother for the first time on this cruise yes. and I got a little bit of insight into why he's so into gaming she has a little <laughs> bit of a different style though mm -hmm. uh, because that woman is a cheat She's, she's a cheater. That's what everyone has been saying that yeah. she's really big into cheating on games. Yeah, we uh, we played a game of Rummy, and uh, she would sort of explain the game. She had a few like different rules. Rummy's one of those games that's mm -hmm. got sort of regional rules. Yes. So I grew up playing Rummy, and she's like, and she tells it this few. I go, okay, whatever. We'll play it your way. Uh huh. Uh, so she would explain it. And I go, okay, I think wrap my head around it. And then some edge case would come up and she'd be like, oh, no, no, you can't do that because of this. Mm -hmm. But I can do this because of that. And I'd be like, <laughs> okay. And, you know, at first it's like, oh, you didn't mention that detail, but like, that's fine. Uh -huh. uh, and I'm pretty sure by the end she'd contradicted herself a few times. And like, <laughs> you know, even her own husband would be looking at her bewildered, like, yeah. what are you talking about? Um, and surprise, surprise, she won. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, if she's getting away with it, ride it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you call that getting away with it, because we're outright, so I'm just yeah. Maybe that's why Chris is so into instructions. Yeah, because he has to like preempt all that. He's like, no, these are what the instructions say. I can see that. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's I think you know, in some ways, you're exactly like your parents, and in some ways, you're exactly the opposite. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. He's got her passion, and I think was sick of playing cards. <laughs> 
because he kept losing. <laughs> and I don't I don't think Chris is the most graceful of losers. So oh, I could see him being like, If other no. people are having fun, he is perfectly fine losing. Mm-hmm. But like if it's competitive and he's with other people that will be competitive at a game mm-hmm. and then he's able to be and then loses, he gets a little salty. Mm-hmm. But only a, only a little bit. Yeah, it seems like if he tells himself he wasn't trying. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm just facilitating the game. Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think, he's, I think he's fine losing. If he's, if he's like, um, helping people play that have never played a game before, mm-hmm. which it happens a lot, especially oh, yeah. in like a party setting, then he's fine to lose because he's like, yeah, he just wants people to have fun. Oh, yeah. But if he's with other serious gamers, like he, you could tell like his drive to win is uh-huh. like, I'm going to do this. He was <laughs> the person who most looked at Spencer and said, I would love to be a Cylon, Spencer. <laughs> and he said, pick me. It's true. It's true. I remember that. But, this but I was, did not pick him. <laughs> this was a fantastic conversation. I think that is all we have for now. Glorious. Gloria, take us out. I am glorious also. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thanks everyone for listening. And remember, we love your feedback. So give us some. Um, <laughs> so uh, consider leaving us an iTunes review. Email us with comments or questions at tabletopgametalk at gmail.com. And finally, a huge thank you to our patrons. Um, I'm probably going to ruin some names, so sorry ahead of time. Um, Emil Jalam, George, just George, no last name, Adam Harrison, Sam from New York, Tom Bly, Jason Strong, Terrence Miltner, Stephen Seitz, Alex Brown, Michael Ohl, sorry again for mispronouncing that probably, Josh Arntz, Trevor Olson, Brian Arnold, Sean P. Kelly, Joseph Lee, John Merkel, and Daniel Shepard. I think you did a good job. Thank you. I'll take it from here. We don't want to forget C. Marie, Rudy Lou, Benjamin Heimowitz, Jerry Huang, Mike Smith, Stefan Swing Bada 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 Phillips, Caleb O'Brien, John Lewis, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jeremy Fisher, Carl Hammond, David Radke, Lance Morgan, Nick Quickstra, and David Sellers. Until next week, when we talk about finding time to game. Keep playing games and having fun. Good night. So I think they did pretty good. I oh. guess. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Sick burn. No, I thought they did really, really well. I they mean, did. my my biggest worry on letting them do this was that they were going to have more chemistry and pizzazz <laughs> than us. And I think they kind of did. So, uh, well, I don't know. Our jobs are, are kind of in yeah. trouble here. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to listen to the Spreadsheet podcast. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Spreadsheets today. Oh, my goodness. You should see our household budget. It's ridiculous. Oh, Chris uh, Spencer was telling us all about it in the hot tub oh. one night. You know, crazy night in the hot tub, late <laughs> at night, drinks about. drinks in hand. And he's like telling us all the breakdown, all these cool things he has. He loves it. But, yeah. but different angles. Okay. But we do have to cover a few questions that came up. Um, the Battlestar Galactic expansions, you can be a Cylon leader in both Daybreak and Pegasus. I believe that Pegasus is the one that adds a little bit more depth to it, though. Pegasus um, is the one they were playing as well. Yep. Um, yeah, I think we had them all in there, but there was we just played whatever uh, Sarah had in the box. <laughs> um, the two-player Star Wars games that uh, Sydney mentioned was Rebellion, which is like a five or six-hour long game. 
So we haven't played it since, well, since we packed, but it's on our top of our list. I am defending myself with Avalon and because she made it sound like I didn't like it, which is true, but she made it sound like it. <laughs> and so that's, that's. Wait, but hang on. I thought you liked Avalon. So I like Resistance. Okay. Avalon adds the mechanic of having Merlin in there. So what Merlin is, is Merlin is someone who knows who all the bad guys are. But if the good guys win and they can guess who Merlin is, then the bad guys win instead. So good. So Merlin knows everything, but can't let on that he knows everything, which is a cool mechanic by itself. But at the end, even if the bad guys don't have any idea, they can just kind of randomly. Yeah, it's like win. a how many people are on your team divide it you've got that percentage yeah. of just guessing so i don't necessarily like that aspect of it also you have to be careful with who you're playing both avalon um, resistance werewolf any of these social accusation games because if you're in a group that's not fun loving and like just looking to have fun it can become very very tense and in some environments i don't think that's the greatest game to go to I think it's a terrible game for like first game night, like introducing people to each other. Like, oh, meet my new boyfriend. Let's play a social deduction oh, game. Those this, are terrible yeah, ideas. This makes sense now because Sydney mentioned to me while we were on the cruise, she was like, it's kind of whispered to the side as we were starting to play Witch Hunt. She was like, yeah, Chris wasn't 100% sure about this one for the first game. And this now makes sense what you're saying yeah. i was like yes actually it can become tense luckily that work game went very well and no one took it personally but one person did say hey does this other person hate me now because it got a bit tense <laughs> in the game well, so it did, there was a couple yeah, of times there were a few so um to to elaborate a little bit more on witch hunt because they brought it up um and we brought it up just before they they took it over it was a 20 person game and then i moderated that game well done, and thank you for that. It had so, <laughs> there are so many different roles and so many different things that go on. Now the game is actually I, I've never moderated it before. The game comes with um, basically a script, and anytime there's a particular role, you just read that piece of the script each time, and it tells you the first night, the first day, you know, the repeated nights, and all of that. So that part was actually okay, um, but you have to know everyone's name. Like you have a sheet, so you have everyone's name, everyone's role, everyone's allegiance, all has to be written down, and you have to make different marks because some people have more lives than others, and you don't want to give away why they may have been saved or not. So there's a lot of without going into the details of it. There's a lot going on in there. There is, and I mean, I'm, I think it would still be complex if you had this, but I know that there is on uh, there's a web app that can handle all that for you. And okay, you still have to click the buttons and stuff. Yep. It's probably a little easier, but there's probably a bit of complexity right. I would still, still there. I would have still had to put everyone's name in, all their roles and things like sure. that in there. So um, like I say Witch Hunt is very much like a mafia game or a werewolf game. It's more like an ultimate werewolf game where instead of having a role that is a particular allegiance, every role could be a particular allegiance. So you got those two cards that play off. I must say, um, when I played it for the first time at Origins this year, it completely replaced Werewolf for me. I was like, this is such a better game. Um, and I had a great time uh, playing it again at your cruise. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people had fun. Um, there were people that were voted out very early. So this game kind of mitigates that a little bit by keeping you involved in the game, even if you're just hovering. But um, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. And after we were <laughs> done with that, we were done playing games for that night. Yep. Like everyone was exhausted. Can't say I'm sorry I missed it. <laughs> there was, there was, yeah. Um, let's see. Gloria was talking about Star Trek the deck building game. 
I loved her description of a deck building game. <laughs> it's like I was listening, knowing what she was talking about. And I was like, it's so funny how like she sees completely different things in that game than I see. Because I was like, if you didn't know what she was talking about, you'd have no idea yeah. from my perspective. But I think other people probably are like, yes, that's exactly how I see that kind of game. And so it's nice to have those different perspectives in. I like Sydney's reaction. From that description, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly what she meant. Yep. All right. So Spencer mentioned uh, Racing Demons that my family plays as a card slapping game. There's no slapping involved. It's like a solitaire version, but like you play with multiple people. So everyone has their own deck of cards and the aces go in the middle. So you have to play off of everybody's aces. So you do have to be watching what's happening all the time. I think there's a race to that center pile though. And there can be hand collisions. There can be, but the, the, there's no actual slapping in the game. There's right. no, uh, you do race and whoever gets out of their cards first yells out. And that's just how the game ends is somebody shouts it and everyone else goes, ah, but yeah, there's another it is one really fast paced, which he does not like. There's a, another one, like the good, Egyptian rat something or other. Yeah, Egyptian rat race or Egyptian rat screw. Yeah, where that one is actually like you're putting cards on, you have to slap your hand down. So it's those dexterity card games. Um, Yeah. This is less dexterity, more just a lot going on. Yeah. I do want to make a comment about my mother being a cheater. Um, Absolutely true. (laughs) 100%. I grew up with her. Yeah. No, she's uh, she wants to win all the time. And she's not against uh, making up her own rules as she goes along. Creative winning. Yeah. Yep. Um, my biggest regret. So we did record on a cruise ship. So this is what I did. I gave her, gave the group of them the recording device. I gave them microphones. I said, here it's this. And I gave them like a half a dozen questions. I'm like, just here are some questions to kind of guide you through. It's sort of similar to what we do. Uh, and just go at it. And they did. And they did a great job. And then Gloria started reading the names. And as I'm like listening, because we all listened to it just before we did this, um, as she started reading the names, my biggest regret was that I didn't have her read all of them because I I knew I was going to have Josh take (laughs) over. It was pure radio gold. Yeah, (laughs) we. Oh man, that would have been so good. Sorry, Emil. Yeah, actually, yeah, (laughs) Emil Jill Jam. If you're just joining us, also if you're just joining us for the first time, this is normally a 10 second segment and not a 10 minute segment, (laughs) but. Bonus at the end. I wonder how many people like turned off the, once they hit the credits. I don't know if they're missing out. I always look mm-hmm. down and say, like, wait a minute, why is there 20 minutes left of this? What's going on? Um, but yeah, I should have had her kept reading the names because that would have been awesome. And this episode, I haven't edited it yet, but this episode is going to be a pain to put together. So hopefully it turns out it also needs to be posted within the next 11 hours. So you I, can do it. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. You it's, got it. What else am I going to do tonight? I'm growing a human. You can edit a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. For real this time. Good night, everyone. And we will be back next week. And just note, even with all the chaos of this month, we still never missed a week. Good night. All right. Now we're going super meta because we're epilogging our epilogue to our significant others episode. Are we ready for this? Yes. I'm ready. I'm doing are we All ever right. ready for anything? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's not our brand, Chris. That's please. All right. So when I was listening to this one, because I, when I first remembered, well, not when I first remembered this one. This is another one of my favorites. This is all of these are some of my favorites. So um, 
That was I the only criteria for making this list, I'm pretty sure. So next, it is, it is, yeah. <laughs> the next list will be all the worst ones. We're going to do a retrospective on that. <laughs> oh, we should totally do that. Maybe between, like, 300 and 400. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this one I remembered as almost all being our significant others doing this. And when we first started talking, I'm like, wait a minute, this is just a normal episode. At least back then when we had off topic and all of that. And then when Josh started reading the transition, I had crossfaded Gloria and I'm like, oh, man, was the editing messed up? And I don't even remember. Like, has it been messed up all this time? And then Gloria comes in. I'm like, oh, I I fooled myself. Like, that was was my intent. You're more clever than... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the weirdest remember thing being at the time about that was the fact that like I had it on like three times speed and so if you listen to it normally because <laughs> I went back and listened to it normally you, it's, you know it's just kind of like two people talking at the same time but at three times speed it sounds like my voice and Gloria's voice are the, uh, like merged together and it was the weirdest <laughs> creepiest thing Creepy. so give that a go see what that sounds like yeah because I really I had you guys read the exact same paragraph so that yeah. I could do like a crossfade between it. and But listening to it this time was really cool because I got to listen to it as a listener, not knowing what was coming up. Right. And I still, I mean, we just mentioned it in our first epilogue. They did an amazing job. Like, they, really they had a ton of chemistry. Um, They're way better than us. It, it was, yeah, I mean, it was good <laughs> stuff. So, but Fletcher... And again, I, I'm assuming that these are the first times you've listened to all of these. Yeah. What did you think of the episode? And then I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. I thought the episode was great. I thought it was. I thought it was a lot of fun to listen to. And uh, also in the beginning, when you were saying like, "Oh, I just got back from you know getting married and everything," and like congratulations, I was like, "Oh man, that was back then. That's crazy." Like I remember, like that was just so long ago. Um, but I yeah. Put it, like. Mm-hmm. A, a, like a real timestamp in my in my brain because I, I remember when you went on that cruise to get married um but yeah no i, I really like yeah, the episode. It, yeah i mean it was one of those things where kitty didn't get to go because she was pregnant again um josh that was, was the there first time that time yep yep and you didn't get to go because <laughs> carmen was in school or something i think that she just wasn't able to get out of yeah um school or work or something um but that that was our first there's been a few times where we've had to work around like life events to keep an episode going. Kitty giving birth was one of them. Um, mm-hmm. My wedding was another one, and it was really kind of fun, like listening back to like literally we had just gotten married when they recorded that. I think it was like a day after the di- maybe the day after of the ceremony. <laughs> yeah. So it was really really kind of cool in that regard. Like this this episode. <sighs> It's, it's sentimental in a lot of ways because it really, we talk a lot about our significant others. Um, and, you know, with Fletcher, we talk about Carmen and, you know, here we really got to say, here they are. And all of them had made an appearance before, but with the three of them talking and just like talking about us and stuff like that, like it was really kind of cool. So, so my, we're going to have to get Carmen on an episode. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually my question to you, Fletcher. Do you think Carmen would participate in an episode like this? Absolutely. I think she'd be great at it. She's game. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Way more charismatic than any of us. (laughs) (laughs) We've just become like, I don't know, old and everything's routine now. It's just like, eh, just phoning it in, literally, with video. (laughs) 
I thought there was a real missed opportunity here when Sydney introduces herself as Chris's new wife for Spencer to introduce himself as Kitty's old husband, and he doesn't take it. It just bummed me out. Missed opportunity. Nope. (laughs) He's just not all that witty. Um, so Josh thinking, like looking back at Gloria and how she, cause Gloria's a gamer at heart. She's just a very specific kind of gamer. Right. Since then, I do want to bring up, you guys have found a couple games that you really enjoy playing together, right? We have. Yes. We've got, um, well, maybe really enjoy playing together is a strong way to phrase it, but (laughs) (laughs) one of them is Letter Tycoon and it's, it's great because Honestly, um, you know, she loves word games and I like strategy and it's kind of a mixture of the two. But she still crushes me because it's a word game. So I do resist playing that game quite a bit. But, you know, we play it together. It's fine. Um, And, you know, we're we're still into the same kind of party games and social games and yard games. I do love a bit of can jam with her and her niece and nephews. So that's always good fun. I, I'll, I'll never play a game with Gloria, especially not a, like a word game. <laughs> I do like old us, past us, talking about <laughs> past this past episode. Um, I felt a need to like fill in all the blanks of things they couldn't remember. Right. <laughs> I still felt that. I forgot that we had gone back and done that. So I was like making notes like, did we ever tell everyone what expansion it was they were playing? <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Yeah, it was one of the first ones I had to do any kind of major editing to. Yeah. Because there was, it was recorded in multiple sections. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, oh, and my mother's a cheater. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love that. <laughs> oh, so true. So true. They're all on board with it, too. It's not just like Spencer's like, oh, and then Chris's mom is a cheater. And everyone's like, no. Like, yes. Yes. <laughs> I like 100%. how he says that you have her passion. How did you feel about that being compared? <laughs> um, so, you know how I think he said something along the lines of, we either are exactly like our parents or exactly like the opposite of yeah. our parents. Right. And when we look at our parents, I think we all like to see things in ourselves that we get from our parents. And some of the things we're like, okay, yeah, I that I like. I like that I got that from my parents. And other things I see in my mom, I'm like, wow, that's really annoying when she does that. I should probably change my entire personality so I stop (laughs) doing that, too. (laughs) I think also becoming a parent has really uh, shown me how much like my parents I am. I find myself saying things that my mother used to say to me as a child that used to drive me insane. But, you know, like I look at my child and I go, how many hands do I have? One, two, count them. One, two. And then I'm like, that was just my mother came out of my face and it's awful. And and it happens more often than I want to admit. (laughs) It is true. Like, so at this time, uh, none of us were parents. And, (laughs) you know, Kitty was the closest, but. Almost there. (laughs) Yep. Everything changes after that. Everything. And, And you can't really explain it. Like. You can say this, you're going to feel this, or you're going to feel this, or whatever. You are You can say that, and people are going to like, okay, yeah, I get that. But you don't, you can understand it logically, but you don't feel it. It, it. And yeah, you just, you start being like your parents. And the way I talk to Zachary is like the same way my mom talks to him. And I try, <laughs> there are certain things I don't mind. Certain things are totally fine. Um, but other things I'm like, 
okay, I'm going to actively not do that. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to be my own way of of handling this. But uh, it's yeah, I think th- it's one of those things where we could do an entire episode on being parents, but I don't think anyone would be interested because the parents <laughs> would all agree. And the non-parents would be like, yeah, whatever. I've heard all this before. It doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> and everybody so, that came for the games would but, be like, this is not tabletop parent talk. Like, what? what is this? We Well, <laughs> we would hide it behind the games for kids topic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because this is exactly what Gloria was talking about. She said, Chris really, when he gets into something, he really gets into it. So he's like, she was like, oh, you're a little bit psycho. But if that makes you happy, go for it. <laughs> you really getting into parenting. Yeah. You know, and I, um, you know, she wasn't wrong about that either. And yeah, like a lot of this stuff at the time, it was too fresh to really acknowledge all of it. But now looking back now, I'm like, yeah, and I'm still doing those kinds of things like this. So this is our fourth flashback episode. And the reason we're doing this is because I want to give us all a break. And I want 201 to come back with like just kind of extra energy because we're going to be doing other things. Kitty and I are going to be, you know, doing segments on Dice Tower News. You probably already heard a couple of them if you listen to Dice Tower News um, or whatever it's called what now. What time and <laughs> space are we? <laughs> yeah. Where do we exist in this continuum? I no longer know. <laughs> but what we, what we were doing is we're doing these episodes, all of them before we record episode 200, because even though I want to give us a break, I don't want the podcast to take a break i want the feed to keep going and i don't want to just rerun episodes i want to rerun episodes and really do what we're doing what we've done in the last four weeks is talk about how things have changed and how we've grown over that time Um, reflect on where we were (laughs) yeah the next three that you listen to are some of the best i think we've ever done like they it's a it's a trilogy and if you've been listening the entire time you know what three they are but they are oh, great so good. episodes and and, they, and i can't wait to bully fletcher this way sometime <laughs> soon oh yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe that's episode 201 201 <laughs> the fletcher intervention <laughs> love it but like when we're able to do all of that and we've talked about this before too and Again, the significant others, this is, it's, it's like the sentimental episode, even though it was like a super fun episode. Um, when we do this, we, when we come together every week, it gives us a reason to keep our friendship fresh and current. And we have this thing where we can interact with people. And the reason that Josh is here is, well, there's a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons <laughs> why I really wanted Josh to be here is because I miss that. I really miss mm-hmm. having the ability to see Josh on a weekly basis. Oh, and, thanks, guys. But it's it's true, right? I mean, yeah. So especially we're in lockdown. Going, <laughs> especially in lockdown. <laughs> and it, it I miss seeing you... anyone, but right. <laughs> in particular, yeah. It, it's so strange because it was so. It, recording the podcast used to be like a full day event almost. Yeah. We'd get together, we'd play a game, we'd usually start at lunchtime and then finish after dinner with drinks. And like, it took so long. And now it's like a two hour window where I get online and it feels very different. But at the same time, I still really enjoy and appreciate being able to get together and have these conversations. But it, it's so interesting how it's evolved and changed and... Now yeah. I'm all sentimental, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is my wedding episode. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, uh, we're about three months from me having a baby. Yeah. The first baby. Yep. And a little over a year and three months from me having the first baby. Um, the second two are coming way quicker and way closer together. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And I don't know. Like I say, we've hopefully everyone's finding these enjoyable to kind of listen back to. And we certainly are finding them enjoyable listening to them. Now, the way we're doing it, because, um, you know, I've always been fine with breaking that fourth wall, tearing down the curtain, whatever, is we're listening to four of them in a week and then recording <laughs> four epilogues in a week. So hopefully we don't have three <laughs> weeks of emails being like, stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad. Already been done. <laughs> we don't like it. Wow. I don't think our listeners would do that. They're way too nice to us. (laughs) But we picked some of the best. So hopefully you guys agree. Um, Like you keep saying we. Chris picked them. I think they're good ones too. But you did pick. Yeah, they are great. I did pick. Um, I went through and I picked ones that I I think that we all (laughs) think are significant. Um, Like it was all it was. These are the meaningful ones. And they're kind of neat because they all foreshadow the next one. But at the same time, you can watch us grow and change as we go through each one so all right um what else should be anything else you guys want to talk about on this episode or really just anything sentimental tell me tell me how much you guys love oh me. i mean it's, it's definitely been an amazing trip down uh. memory lane like you know it's it, i got a tweet recently that someone was like oh you know i can't believe josh left the podcast you know he's it's like losing a friend and i was like wow these things like live on outside of you know when you do them like he had just found the podcast and blasted through and gotten to that point so it was fresh for him it's so weird to go back but it, like you guys said so many great memories of us getting together well we'll see if we can't fix it um, I told Spencer that we were listening to this episode, and he immediately said, we never did record spreadsheets today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So apparently this stuck out Love to it. him, too. He He's still, you know, Sydney's in. He's down to make their spreadsheets podcast. <laughs> All right. Um, well, Josh, I'm going to make you do the credits one more time. <laughs> um, and by one more oh, time, man. I mean probably five for the more times. Time. <laughs> um, yeah, five more times. <laughs> All right. Well, finally, a huge thank you to our patrons: Adam Harrison, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, Terence Miltner, Stephen Seitz, Brian Arnold, Sean P. Kelly, C. Marie, Rudy Rudy Lou, Benjamin Heinowitz, Jerry Huang, Caliber Brian, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Justin Willie, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jennifer Fisher. Jeremy Fisher, David Radke, Nick Quickstra, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Cindy Lum, Phil Schwartzel, Anne Reynolds, Eric Huffman, Adrian Dong, Faz Flintham, Sean Peck, Eric Silander, Mark Smith, Jew, Joe Hoover, Glenn Cotter, Don Gilstrap, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verhulst, Christopher Letko, John Lewis, Joe Rackstad, Ron Nelson, Sahara Wentworth, Weatherman Keefe, Nicholas Lott, Agnes Tooth, <laughs> Agnes Toth, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Matthew Droke, Aaron Moore, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, David Rank, Sam Lisa Brown, and Christopher Comstock. Oh, that was the worst one yet. <laughs> And we will have to listen to this episode again to know whether or not any of that made any sense. Oh, it totally did. Don't you worry. 
Editor's note, um, we couldn't understand a thing Josh said during any of that Prentice reading, so we just assumed it was fine. It was beautiful. The best one yet.